another episode of Terribly Funny. It's coming at you. I'm your host, Steve Bazalone. This is the podcast where I talk to funny people about, you know, the terrible shit that's happened to them. Uh, and today, huh, we've got a doozy of a guest. He is the, the man that is very responsible, the most responsible for, you know, my sense of humor, my uh, sense of empathy, my sense of self. Uh, he's just responsible for me. It's my dad. Larry Bazalone, uh, or as many people know him as Big Lar, or as most people know him as Baz. Um, what can I say about this guy? He lives in Pittsburgh, he's a headhunter, he's a hard worker, um, and he's a fucking maniac. <laughs> the absolute best kind of maniac. He is, uh, he's got a heart of gold. Um, my mother once said, my late mother once said, that there is absolutely nothing subtle about Larry Bazalone. And I think that is kind of the perfect way to encapsulate him. He's not subtle with his love. He's not subtle with his laughs. He is uh, not subtle with his volume level. He's, uh, he's just a big, bold personality, and you're about to get an earful of him. So I hope you're ready here, gang, because here comes Larry Bazalone, my dad, on my podcast. Buckle up. There is only one of you. Is it on already? Yeah, okay. Well, the first thing I have to say is it's great to be young, alive, and good looking. Of course you do. Of course you do. That's a good way to start any, any, anything in life. Well, How did you start saying that? I started headhunting in '81, and shortly thereafter, actually, your uncle Gary Basilone called me and he said something and he 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 sometimes says funny things like what what's the, the bakery thing uh, bakery. Jo, joe's bakery and which crumb do you want or something like that he what <laughs> this is joe's bakery uh-huh. which crumb do you want you okay know, okay he'll say that when you yeah. when you call him right so yeah. okay sure <laughs> so he said something to me when i started headhunting and i thought hmm i should have some kind of branding or marketing he said something to you like when you he called when him. he called no when okay. I yeah when I called him he said something at the end and I don't I had no idea right. remember what it was it was just something goofy and um, so I thought well that's great if I'm going to do this I should have some branding some mar- mm-hmm. marketing and you're about thirty years old at this point um, yes okay. yes and you think yes. I need some, I need to market myself in yeah. this new in this new vocation yes okay and I also along the line when we started our own company. Say, uh, my number, my phone number is 369. So I say 369, like the goose drank wine, like the the song. So now everybody knows Wait, There's Larry. a song that says 369. 369, the goose drank wine, the monkey chewed back on the streetcar line, the line broke, the monkey got choked, and they all went to right. a real little well, rope boat. You're supposing that everybody knows this song. <laughs> well, even if they don't, still it's a rhyme. Okay. Right? So now everybody knows Larry Bazalone, and everybody knows my number. I mean, everybody... When I go to give them the number, say I know it three six nine. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't know the opening; they don't know the rest of it. Yeah, well, they remember the yeah, last three six thing. nine something. I don't know. Well, they actually always remember. It. Okay, well, it's always in their phone. You beat it into them. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So you, okay. Just, so you decided to make your your catchphrase. It's great to be young, alive, and good looking. And how did you arrive at that? You decided you needed some branding <clears throat> yeah. for a job where you're placing people in jobs. Right. Uh huh. And. I wanted to be truthful. <laughs> sure, sure, of course you did. So, but you still say it, and it's not as truthful anymore. Well, no, but that's small thinking. That's oh, small-minded okay. thinking. You're right. Because young is not chronology. 
young. I'm talking is, about age. I'm talking about the good looking part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> slipped quite well, a bit. You know what? My wife Leslie uh-huh. says every day how good looking I am, and yeah. she is too smart for me to fight with her. Okay, well, so, that's maybe questions of delusion. And, and but young sure. is young is the energy that you have, and I sure. certainly have never been accused of not having energy. No, that's true. So, but I'm here to dispel one myth. There's okay. That's, oh, and there's a lot there. of myths out there, uh-huh. but there's one myth that I am. Um, Overly enthusiastic or overly proud about you and your accomplishments. Me? me? Oh, yes. we're, we're getting right yes. into this. I was going. Yes. I was going into your branding still. Uh, okay, well, we can come back to okay, that. All right. But I healed a, an older woman today. An older woman? Yes. What, probably what, between eighty-five and ninety. It's ten in the morning. I was the at the supermarket. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Early and start. Early rise. I encountered twenty-eight people. Specifically, twenty-eight people. Yes. Okay. And I, I told twenty-seven of them about. Your show, the Goldbergs, and, that they should and watch. This, it. this was apropos of nothing. Yes, and, this came up nothing. These people no, are just shopping actually, on a Saturday morning. This, they're getting I, coffee, and, and they're I, being accosted by you <laughs> and a giant eagle. And I encountered a woman who was probably eighty-five to ninety. Mm-hmm. She had a hearing aid and a walker. Oh man! So you really had to shout to tell. I this approached show. her, and she ran to the far end of the parking uh-huh. lot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I healed her. She sure. now runs. Yeah, said, well done. I think I had probably approached her before. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds right. That sounds like a repeat customer for you. So, you decided that you wanted a uh, a branding thing. Yes. When you started this new job. It makes sense to me. Because I was always on the phone and I was always talking to people. And I wanted them to remember me. And they actually... And it's worked. Yeah. I've done it... For 35 years 35 years. Hmm. You were born eight days after I became a headhunter. Yeah. So rate... So you were 35. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So uh, you you decided to brand yourself right before I was born. And it's... uh, (laughs) I don't know about the time. I was probably... It was probably no. It was probably a couple months later or something. Like. Oh, so you have you have a newborn and you're sleep deprived, and that's why yes. you think like, well, this that's, makes sense. It's possible. I'm going through sleep deprivation. I should have a catchphrase. <laughs> but then it like had to I'm be a in the first character. I had to be in the first six or seven weeks because you slept through the night after seven weeks. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it was a good. Interestingly, kid. yeah. I don't think your mother would have put up with anything else. <laughs> that's fair. She's a tough cookie. That makes sense. Uh, okay, so tell me, tell me about uh, you know one of the more arduous things in your life, sir. Um, well, the the painful came all at one time. I mean, well, I'm still having some pain from that, but when you got deathly ill, mm-hmm. first, the, yeah, ulcer- the first time I, I, oh. I the first time, the first, well, the second time I was really sick. The first time I. Got sick in, what, 2004, but it was just like a month and took some pills and then it was fine. You were talking about the second time when I well, came Well, I didn't home. come out then. Yeah. But... Um, the first time I went to the hospital. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, uh, I... When I came out, I was talking to your friends on the phone about how ill you were. And I don't remember... I'm trying to remember who the young lady was I talked to. It was probably, it was probably either... It was probably Lauren. No, no, oh, no. it wasn't. It no, no, Lauren wasn't even. In the, you didn't it was, even date it was her. Probably we we were just about to start. You were working so on the marathon. You were you were shitting twenty times a day uh-huh. and running ten or fifteen. So maybe that was real wise. <laughs> no, you know, I didn't know what was. Uh, I didn't know what was happening to my body. Uh, it was probably maybe Jill or Carmel. No, 
These are both friends. They're friends of mine. That's all you it need. It might to have remember. been a Jen Zabrowski or oh, somebody sure. like that. Or, or name checking maybe a bunch of people. The girl here. that dated uh, Eric. Oh, Tara. That's possible. It might have been Tara. See, these are all friends of mine. It doesn't matter. You don't yes, need to know right. who they are. But anyhow, I said to her, I said, uh, I said, hey, how bad is he? And I think I said, if, if you were me, should I come out there? Mm-hmm. And she said, yes, Mr. Bazelon, you should come out here. And I did. Mm-hmm. And when I got out there... I was already in the hospital then, yeah, when you came out? No. No. no I put you in the hospital. Oh, that's right, because I had to go and get the... Um, <laughs> Why not? I went and got a colonoscopy. You were so weak. Yeah, we took you to get a colonoscopy, like, straight from the, heart, from the uh, airport. I remember that night after the colonoscopy, we went down, because this was back in the days where we still rented movies. Uh, we went down to the video store down the street, and we rented the uh, Where's Papa? Remember that? <laughs> yeah, and Ruth Green bites the guy and bites her son on the ass in the middle of the dining room yeah, table. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's like there's like a like a uh, casual rape scene in the park. I don't remember much oh, yeah. about it, but like yeah. I was like really looped up on drugs and like also like a 104 degree fever. And I remember after that telling uh, a friend of mine that was showing at the Revival Theater down the street, that you should go see this movie. This movie's really interesting. She's like, yeah, how high were you when you saw that movie? And I was like, yeah, honestly, pretty high. I was really out of it. Well, we go back a couple hours. And when I got there, you had had a buddy. Actually, interestingly enough, he had... Um, not colitis, but he had Crohn's. Yes, my buddy uh, and, James. And you yeah. were too weak to even drive the car. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, and I probably had a bag, so you know I, I don't like to carry stuff, so we probably had to pick it up at the baggage. But I looked at you, and you had lost so much weight that it was... And I, I tried not to have it register on my face. I mm-hmm. don't know. Did it register at all? Oh, I don't know. I was you out of remember. Man. Yeah. So we went straight to the doctors, and um, in that appointment and I know you love this doctor but he was not my favorite but oh he's a great doctor and I I came to love him but he was his he was rather curt he was like yeah. his bedside manner was not one of Well that wasn't I didn't care about that yeah. but we talked and he said well what I said well what are the options mm-hmm. and he said you know prednisone and this this what he, no he didn't even say prednisone he said this one drug and I said well what's the deal on that and they said well it takes 30 to 60 days it had to accumulate mm-hmm. And that becomes more important as we tell the story later on, I guess. Right. But, so, we go and get the colonoscopy. And he said, well, it's, we couldn't get all the way, blah, 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 up in there or whatever. But um, it, it's, I'm pretty sure it's ulcerative colitis. And I said, okay. And you were so sick and so, um, no energy. I mean, you could barely walk from the car to the, I almost had to carry you to the to your house. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I, when I was talking to him after the results, after he got the results, he said, he said, well, we could give them this, this drug. And I almost grabbed him by the neck because the drug he was suggesting was one that would take 30 to 60 days out to get you <laughs> even feeling well. And I said, what? I don't know if I said what the fuck, but I could have. I said, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. This kid is dying. He's down to 90 pounds, and you're talking about a drug that's going to take 60 days to get him better? And he said, well, maybe we should do prednisone. And I said, tell me about that. So we did. So we so we went to the, then we got a yeah. prescription to do prednisone. And he, he and then he was probably a great guy, but he wanted to tell me how he had more ulcerative colitis patients on the east 
on the West Coast than anybody in the world or whatever. And I didn't, I didn't care about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was going to give you the wrong drug. So, and I've, during this time, I've had some, uh, I did have to talk to doctors a little bit. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we went and got the prednisone, uh, we, we, we put the prescription in. So we went back, and I, I didn't remember where, what movie we watched. But you were on the couch, and I said, hey, uh, you know, he said to watch your temperature. So I said, hey, do you have a... Um, thermometer. Yeah, thermometer. <clears throat> to, and you said, yeah, there's one in the back. He said, yeah, I don't know how old it is or what it works. And I said, okay, well, let's try it. So I went and got it and put it in your mouth. And um, and when I pulled it out, I tried not to be the same thing when I saw you when you were a skeleton. But I looked at it, and it was 105. Mm-hmm. And I said... It's pretty casual. To myself, 105. <laughs> and I said, does this thing work, Steve? And he said, you said, well, I don't know. It's been back there a while. I said, wow, okay. And I didn't tell you what your temperature was. Mm-hmm. So I went and ran it under cold water and went to the back in your bedroom because you were out front. And I put it in my mouth. And uh, I registered like 98 or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit. So I said to you, hey, come on, we're going to the hospital. You said, oh, no. And you fought with me. <laughs> you could barely breathe, and you're fighting with me about mm-hmm. going to the hospital. So we Well, went I wanted to see the exciting conclusion of Boris Papa. <laughs> Ruth, Green, uh, Ruth Gordon hadn't bit her son on the ass. Yeah, well, that, you got to see that. Yes. Yeah. And we were so anal that day, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, we went to the hospital. You can expect, expect with Larry Basil. <laughs> so we went to the hospital, and... Um, Then they, they put you in there for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. The scary thing was that about that, to me, was within hours of... It took us hours because it was a Friday night, mm-hmm. and we were at Cedars-Sinai, and it was, you know, everybody had everything from a hangnail to a car accident. Yeah. And... Uh, it was a bad hangnail, though. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. But so it took us a long time, and I I kept going to the front and saying, "Look, this kid's pretty sick. Let's move it on here." And, and so anyhow, we finally got you in there, and then they were they did uh, a scan or whatever, and then they decided they're going to put you in for whatever time limit, best out of three falls, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't, but um, the doctor they sent a surgeon up there to talk about cutting out your colon, and I was like, "Holy shit, we've been." <laughs> We've only been in this room thirty minutes, and we're now gonna cut out the colon. So that was that was pretty terrifying. Oh, that took another seven eight years to get to that place. Yeah, there was that was a but it, but we on. needed that time to get there. Oh, well, for sure. I mean, but. yeah, I mean that that same doctor mm-hmm. he suggested that I get that operation at least two or three years before I did, and the first time he told me about it. Like in earnest, this was not just in the hospital because in the hospital everything's like they just send everything everything your way. Yeah. Like here's every option under the sun, and here's yeah. let me just poke and prod and you know talk to you about anything. But the first time he suggested in earnest, I was like, get the fuck out of here! I'm not gonna have well, a major organ removed. Right. What other? Well, what that was my, my other, reaction. Yeah, too. What are my other drug options? <laughs> yeah. I'll just I'll just try a bunch of diets. Let me just I'll just do acupuncture for yeah. months right. at a time. Right. Um, anyways, and you did all those. Things. I did all that shit, and then I got finally to the point where I was ex- had exhausted all my options and exhausted all my strength, and made sense. And it was, <clears throat> yeah, man. If there's any, you know, you're in a desperate place where uh, you're getting up at four in the morning with you to drive to Glendale. 
<laughs> to get an operation. <laughs> well, I tried. I tried to make light of things and mm-hmm. make you know. I tried to use humor. I, I drew. What I had. Remember, I took. I. I got crayons and. Uh huh. I remember. And made boots that you're yeah. gonna kick. Colitis's ass or something. Yeah, I, but yeah. Tonight, you know, I was giving them out to kids, and I thought, well, this might be something we talk about later, or something that at least you can was, say this. Dad, my dad's an asshole, and we can laugh about that, so no, we don't the, think about the surgery. It was the kind of thing you made. You made these like he went through and he cut out little boots, boots. and he drew they on were them. Decent size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like you know four inches, five yeah, inches, yeah. little boots, and he colored them in and he drove on it. Uh, B K C A, which stood for Basilone Kicks Colitis Ass, and was handing them out on the day that I had my surgery to everyone. And this was the thing where, like, <laughs> Lauren and I, and Dan or Sarah and uh, other friends of mine who were there were like, Is your dad okay? <laughs> he's really not, he's clearly like going through something manic. Like, he's just, it was like, the, well, it was like as indicative of like you were. I feel like, by and large, like not somebody who like likes to show vulnerability, right. and that was like a right. way, a means to feel like you were doing something without just letting on that you're like, I am afraid, yeah. and this is a scary thing, right? Oh yeah, it was horrible. But like it was, yeah. But like there was. But a I bit... wanted, I wanted to do it so that you'd have something to talk about that would be funny. What the hell are you doing? Rather than think about getting the surgery, sure. that's all. That was my ploy. Yeah. But and then we could maybe start getting funds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Both the BKCA Assess Foundation. Yeah, for... we'll start your Etsy page for all your uh, <laughs> your handmade stickers. But at the same time, you, we were going through all this to begin with. I was also getting skewered by my ex partner. I remember, and I was terrified about that. So, well, I remember because this this was your where. So you came out, and I went in the hospital for a few days, <clears throat> and then I got. Uh, well, your mom was in Belgium or somewhere, I think. She was in France. She oh. was in France, and then she came back. But I so I went there, uh, went to the hospital in L.A., came out, and then I think I went back in. No, I didn't. No, but then when I came I, home. I came back. I came. I flew back when I thought everything was cool, and your mm-hmm. mom was there. Mm-hmm. So I flew back, and um, maybe three, four, five days later. Well, nah. I, I don't know how long you take prednisone to get weaned off it, but they weaned you off the prednisone too quickly, and then you started having more issues. So they put you back into Cedar sinai again for another three or four days. Yep, and then I came, I got out, <coughs> and then was out and just didn't feel great in general, and then uh, mom came out again, and then we flew back because it was Christmas. It was around right, Christmas. Right, right, So then I came back. And, and the one thing that day. they they warned us about was temperature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was always I was always on top of that, mm-hmm. taking your temperature. So <clears throat> Leslie actually said to your mom, Joyce. Leslie's my stepmom. Yeah, yeah, the wicked stepmom. She goes by. Mm-hmm. And um, also, I wanted to thank Casey Wilson. Oh. In the past, she sure. had made Leslie's day, week, month, year. She walks around and talks about how Casey Wilson talked about stepmom shots at your sure, at your sure, wedding sure, sure. so thank you casey for that yeah <laughs> she remembers them those memorable things yeah really. yeah so anyhow you came in and um we picked you up and they you actually still probably weren't all that well because you were in a wheelchair um 
Your mom wheeled you out in the wheelchair. Oh, I think I think that was just so we get to the front of lines. I was <laughs> okay. doing okay. I okay. think it was just a little bit milking the system. But Leslie said to your mom, look, if his temperature goes up, we got to go to the hospital. Because mm-hmm. I told, I guess I uh, told Leslie about the trials and tribulations of the things. And um, so the next morning... Uh, your mom called Leslie and said, well, he has this temperature. And she, Leslie says, get his ass to the hospital. We'll meet you there. Mm-hmm. So we went to Presby the next day. And um, at that point, we had two when we finally got a doctor. And that was a, that was a bad day. But um, when we finally got a doctor, and you were st- you're feeling worse, too. Yeah, it was worse and worse great. and worse. And uh, we finally got two doctors, two good-looking little yuppie doctors. Mm-hmm. And the one doc, the one was a woman. I think she was Indian, pretty girl, and a and, and a young kid, uh, boy, and, you know, probably twenty, you know, maybe a year older than you or two years old, you know, and you're twenty-four yeah. or something. And he said, "Well, we're going to um, do a. Uh, what we want to do is what do they do? And they a spinal tap." Well, they were worried that it could have been meningitis. Yeah, and I was like, fever. why in the world are you going to do spinal tap? No. And the reason why I was so worried about spinal taps is two reasons. Number one, my mother, who had, she died um, early at 62 years old, and um, she had purper, which is a blood disease, and she took prednisone pretty much all her life. But she said, if you ever have to, the worst test, and she had been through everything, she said, if you're going to avoid it, don't never get a spinal tap. Yeah. They don't get it right. And she said, I was... They're not yeah. fun. Yeah. But anyhow, so... <clears throat> and then there was another guy that I knew that had gotten. And he had tremendous headaches. They screwed him up. And he was in the hospital because of the spinal tap. Mm-hmm. And I said to this young kid, I said, why in the world do you want to do a spinal tap on my son? And he said, well, he said, because of the, the this and that. And I said, look... He's been in the hospital twice. He has ulcerative colitis. It's not meningitis. And it's not meningitis. And I know you want to be a pin, use someone as a pincushion and practice on everybody because it's new shit for you. But we're not doing that to my son. Forget about that. Let's go. <laughs> and he's, well, he kind of went back and said, oh, okay. <laughs> so we got you into a hospital room that day. Mm-hmm. And seven, like five, six, seven hours later, nothing's happening. And I'm pissed. And... Um, so I went, and fortunately, I'd read 14 books about colitis, <laughs> and you're suffering, and you're not making any headway, and nothing, they, but they didn't do anything. And I think one doctor come in, and I didn't even know who the hell that was, but, uh, and I said to this nurse, I went out to the nurse, and I said, here, here's what I want done. And I went through seven things. I don't remember what the seven things mm-hmm. were, but I, one of them was that you had elevated fever, and this and I knew because I could tell. And she said, "Well, she looked at me like, how in the hell do you know these seven things? First of all, yeah." <clears throat> and um, uh, and she said, "Well, we don't even know he has a fever. He didn't have a fever when he came." I said, "Look at him." I said, "He has a fever." And so she comes in. She said, oh, he has a fever. I said, "No shit." So anyhow, these seven things I said to her to do, and she looked at me. She said, "Well, I'd have to." Get the doctor to do that. I said, there's a phone right there. I'll, I'll stand here right with you and we can call him. <laughs> and she did. And the doctor did all seven of those things. Mm-hmm. And he added one. And so. Nope, that one was a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why they made me leave the room. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I know, you know, there's been a few times since I've been healthy where I've gone to hospitals for, mostly I think for friends who've had babies, but there's been a couple other reasons where I've gone to hospitals. And there's been three separate occasions in which a nurse or a doctor has asked me if I'm a doctor just because I don't know shit really about medicine in general, but like you spend time in hospitals, you learn how things work. Exactly. Exactly. So like I was just giving a friend like advice about like an IV and like if it was taking or not. And she's like, are you a, you a doctor or a nurse? And it's just amazing. You spend enough time there. You just pick these things up. Right. And, um, Go ahead. I'll, I'll come back. To oh that. no, no. That's that's all I was going to say yeah. about that. Well I, well, I will say though. I remember you talked about like when it rains, it pours, uh, and I wasn't totally cognizant as to what was happening then with your the business side of things. But I remember because I was in the hospital for almost two weeks, and you were you're not a person at least up until that point in my life, because you up until then have been pretty fortunate with health and yeah. with. Uh, with your with your business, and I think anytime mm-hmm. you had stress in your life, it was mostly probably too young to really see that. But I remember yeah. that was like the first time we were seeing you really stressed out to the point where you had like this neck rash and this like rash running up and down your neck from just like purely from stress from like mm-hmm. having me in the hospital and this other thing happening in concurrence right. with that. I think that God put me on this earth to, to tell people to be an advocate too, because every time I talk to people, I, you know, me, I get people talking about everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I tell people, look, if your son, your daughter, your husband, your mother, your father, your friend, if anybody's in the hospital or anybody's sick, please make sure there's an advocate because right. we could have lost you a number of times. Mm-hmm. So, um, anybody out there, you know, Hey, if somebody's sick, make sure there's somebody there because when you're sick, you can't take care of yourself. And you, when you're in the hospital and don't depend on the doctors and nurses to do it because they, they're too damn busy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's not for lack of empathy or compassion. It's just a busy job. No, and I'll tell you what, they run their a- the asses off of those for those physician's assistants. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. They're that's, good. That's they're, a hard they're, job, I've dealt with one or two of those when you were sick. Man, this one girl was so good, but she was so... <laughs> she had so many patients, and she was... Run- I bet she worked 20 hours a day, you know? Yeah. So, anyway. But, so, have an advocate. It's a, a good piece of advice. So, a good piece of advice. Yeah. So when did you when did you find out about all this all this business stuff? When was it previously previous to I was right at the same time. So it was like while I was going to the hospital. That's when all this is coming to the yeah. The surface. Because I remember we had our Christmas party, mm-hmm. and you um you weren't. You went. You were in the hospital that I think the night that um, your mom put you back in the hospital, and I was stressed again, and I was dealing with lawyers and dealing with all this other stuff, and and then you went back in the hospital. So I drank a little that night, and mm-hmm. Leslie drove. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, your side worked out. <laughs> And, and your side is continuing to work yeah. out. And that's been like an ongoing struggle for it. Because that was, what, that was 2005? Yeah. So yeah. that was 2005. So that's been 11 years. And it's still something that yeah. is. Well, the, the actually the law part of it, we went through um, until 2008. Until you know, we started 
uh, I don't know if I want to get into any the specifics. Well, specifics, yeah. but when we you finally had, you got to... some kind of a settlement deal, it was fall of 08. And then, of course, when the settlements, um, we did that, it was going to be paid over a long period of time. But the, when, but you're not, then, not to yeah. get into specifics, yeah. but, but the, the, the... The economy then shit the bed. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> when it rains, it pours. I mean, yeah. you know, so I don't... Bezalin never does anything easy. Sure. <laughs> sure. So how did that period, because um, I think in a lot of ways that was a, a, such a confluence of kind of terrible things in your life, that the two, <coughs> this, these are my words, but like your two babies, your your business yeah, and right, me, right, right. were both like on fire. A, a little bit, yeah, they're on fire. They're both <laughs> yeah, on fire. Yeah, right. um, and that was like kind of perhaps the first time that you had to like, see that see like the the uh, the vulnerability and the mortality of of the the two things that right, you had right, groomed right 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 how did how does that affected you moving forward i mean because you you had lost your mother years before that right you had and other, you know and you know, I, other things in your life i but. think uh, i uh, um you know i believe in god and i believe you know um i don't know they, they always say they only give you what you can handle I'm God, if you're listening, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm done handling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyhow, when I was li- when I was young, when I was 11 years old, I had a um, uh, a little cousin. I want to start crying here, um, but she was she was eight years old, and um, Donna DeMarco, mm-hmm. and she was. We were thir- we were when we lived in Pittsburgh, in in the you know South Hills of Pittsburgh. We uh, we were with her almost every day. She was, you know, my dad, my dad's sister's kids, and she got leukemia. And actually, she took probably cortisone, not prednisone. Yeah. Her face was real fat. But this little girl who was the nicest, she was angelic, died. And uh, she was only eight years old. So my mother, Rosie, God bless her, she um, was pregnant. And she had us. She had my sister Lori, and um, Donna. Donna died, and she died on December twentieth, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, my her dad was in the hospital. Her dad was in the hospital with pneumonia when Donna died. Oh boy! And their mother was having a baby. Jesus. And well, Rosie was pregnant, and it was the coldest freaking day I've ever felt. I mean, in many ways, below zero, and the wind was blowing. We went, and then that time they went to the damn gravesite too. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was eleven years old. And I'm at the gravesite, and my mother and dad, Joey and Rosie, had to handle the whole funeral because of the fact that both her mother and dad were in the hospital, and she was had a baby Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. John, John, uh, John Zing is up. yeah birthday christmas day and um so then but then we had my mother had a baby Lori, and um i was at a, a baseball all-star it was 11 year old baseball all-star we were at a picnic and joey had to leave because of the fact <clears throat> that uh, they went to the hospital when Lori was born mm-hmm. and that was probably in september and uh Lori had uh cystic fibrosis and some other issues and she only lived one Christmas. She lived September through February. 
And that, um, so now I'm 12. And um, she died in February. And I, uh, and I grew up in the Catholic Church and <laughs> the worst person I've ever met in my life was a priest. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> this guy, <laughs> this guy was so bad, he would lure dogs into the courtyard and when they came over, he would kick them. That's like cartoonish evil. It was really, yeah. I mean, this guy went, and I remember when we were in our commute, getting our communion, and we got communion, I think, in first or second grade. It was mm -hmm. early because we got confirmation in third grade. Mm. But he was in the confessional, and these little girls who had never done anything, they maybe forgot about Friday and ate meat or something. I mean, they yeah. were five, six, six years old. Yeah. And he was making these little girls cry about doing the bad things that they did. And they would run out of the confessional crying. Mm. And they let this guy... But it was chill to kick a pup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyhow, but that guy was the worst. And, and I'd heard, and I'm not sure if this is true, but during a, a wedding, he had performed a wedding and he had 12-year-old kids doing the, the altar boy. Mm -hmm. He had thrown holy water in the kid's face because he made a mistake. Seems so like a nice guy, guy. Yeah, good yeah. guy, yeah. good guy. So where were we going? <laughs> You're talking about Lori, and you. Oh, so Lori died in um, February, and I thought, wow, these two little angels died, and they never did anything wrong. They didn't even have time to. So I, I don't know. I was kind of uh, pissed at God or something. I don't mm -hmm. know when I was 12 years old, but I, I guess it, it also prepared me for things coming because my mother and dad broke up and I was the guy in the house. And so, um, and that, and then the thing is, is that, um, Rosie had purpura, which was a blood disease. And if you touched her, she would yeah. bleed and yeah. she bled from the nose and so forth. And, uh, during my senior year, she was in the hospital 12 times. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, knew my, she, I knew she was, I mean, she'd been ill my entire life, and she yeah. died when I was, what, 10, 11? I think you were 9. She died in 90. Yeah, okay, yeah. so I was 9. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, so, and at that time, you know, a lot of that time, my mother and dad were broken up, and Joey went to, he went to Florida, I think, after my last football game in my senior year, so he went down there in 68. But he was going back and forth, and he hadn't lived with us for a while, so um, it was interesting. And, uh, but I, I think of the phrase that my, my mother would be sick and I would be with her and I'd, you know, hold her and, and whatever. And, and she said, Larry, this isn't fair. And I would always say, mom, I can't do anything about that. I'm sorry, but life is not fair. And, mm -hmm. and every day now I think about that, the hell that I said that to my mother and it bites me in the ass <laughs> because life is not fair. Well, but, you know, well, I think you. of that phrase. <laughs> I don't know if that bites you in the ass. It's just like it was the first time you were cognizant of that, yeah, but you were right. not on the receiving end. You were, right. you were a part of right. it, but right. it wasn't happening directly to you. I mean, yeah. it was, but not. you were not the one who was ill. Yeah. yeah. And I think now you're, you still have your health, by and large, but you're going through you're being tried well i have a paradoxical vocal cord dysfunction yes of course and i of course i would get something paradoxical paradoxical <clears throat> probably has nothing to do with the levels of stress that your body's undergoing no 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 of course no. not no no but anyhow so all this happened in in 
so all, all, all what you're saying is to is uh, just a way of demonstrating that was like the first time that you again when it rains it, it pours it all kind of came yeah. at once right. right and that kind of perhaps prepared you for later in life when right. you were fully an adult when you're what you're 52 years old 53 years old when mom died no, oh. when when um when oh. all this oh all yeah this, yeah this mom died i happened. was 39 I think. yeah but like when i was in the hospital and then when you're you know to not go into details but your partner kind of screwed you yeah. over and you right. had a lot of legal problems big deal. Yeah. yeah yeah so um roll the punches <laughs> that's, that's the advice that's the advice for that Oh, were you asking me for advice? <laughs> no, no, no. I was just kind of asking. I guess I was asking, did, like, did you feel, well, it's been 11 years since that period, and there was a lot more trying stuff that has happened since then. Um, I guess what have you learned? You know, you said you, you learned uh, when you were holding your mother when she was sick when you were a senior in high school. But what did you learn from that period in 2005 to leading up to now in the last 11 years? Well, I think everything is funny. That's everything. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, that's my life. You know, I, I, <laughs> I find funny things in everything. You know, it's, mm-hmm. there's so much irony and so many. Um, so I'm an analogy guy. I make analogies sure. to everything. But uh, I tried to not let it change my whole life or my being. And I think I got over it. But then there's been some stress lately in the business stuff. But... Uh, I I try to be the same person. Um, you know, the next guy you talk to doesn't know anything about what you've gone through. So, you know, and I, <clears throat> when I, the first day that I, and I, I'm a positive, upbeat, enthusiastic guy. Everything mm-hmm. I think is, po- I think positively, but I'm re- I'm a positive realist. Okay. The first day I was a headhunter in 1981, mm-hmm. I said, there is no limit to human stupidity. Mm-hmm. And the sad thing is, I've gotten to say that every day since then, mm-hmm. not just once, but many times, because people will say things and you go, "What? Mm-hmm. Seriously?" <laughs> so, um, so there, there's I find humor in everything, just about, and um, well, I think you said something interesting there, in that like you have, you know, been continually dealing with a lot of different things, uh, but by and large you know, the next, your neighbor doesn't know, um, that you've kind of played, you tend to play things relatively close to the Well, best. I, that most people know now, I mean, when I tell people right. that, that know me, they know I'm going, I was going through some shit and I still am. So, you know. Well, okay. Well, let me ask you this because I think, <clears throat> you know, it's, this is the first time we've talked about you doing the Basilone kicks colitis ass. I mean, uh, from my perspective, it felt like that it was just <clears throat> you just having this all this nervous energy and not having a place to put it. And like it, it felt like um it felt like I don't want to I don't want to let on to vulnerability. I don't want to let on to showing fear or something like that. So this is like how I can channel the energy. And now you're just you just said like that you what you were trying to do is give us give something a distraction yeah. for me yeah. and for right. and for everybody else involved. Which is I think is a much a perspective I had not seen. I had not really focused on uh, before and was not aware of that. But like how much has all, all these experiences, do you feel like you are now, <clears throat> do you think you're now more um, of a vulnerable person? Do you think you're more willing to show 
uh, anxiety and fear or are you even more cognizant to those things? Um, maybe, maybe, but I'm, it's not like I wasn't a fairly open book anyhow, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, and God put me through stress early or I had stress early in my life. And then I was good for a while, even though I was a headhunter. And when I joined headhunt, when I started headhunting back then, they said it was the most stressful job in the, in the world. That mm -hmm. was, and I thought, I went in and I did. I said, how could this be more stressful than air traffic control? Mm -hmm. Nobody dies if I fuck up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So, um, but when I, but I, you know, I had some times when I did, the sales weren't as good when we had some down times and depressions or whatever. Um, but what was the question? <laughs> the question was like, do you think you're, you're more willing to be vulnerable? Oh, okay. Do you think you're more willing to show like your fallibility and your mortality? You're more come to grips with that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. As you get older, you, you, uh, you learn that. And, um, you know, you're alone in this world, but you're not. Sure. And um, thank God for Leslie and you because you guys support me so much. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I know, you know, Basalone. Basalone is pride, mm -hmm. you know? For you. Um, well, the name, I think, even. Because okay. John Basalone, the Medal of Honor winner, sure. and you doing what you did, Rosie living through all that shit. And, you know, one time, I think when I was 10, 12 years old, she made total of three thousand dollars now i worked and gary worked some too but he was two years younger but we were the best dressed kids in a school mm -hmm. how could we do that but we did so i don't know i mean and i you, i take it on i take i she try to shield some things off from other people because i figure all i can take is more than they can I still do that kind so, of so stuff. So that's kind of a point of pride that you feel like you are <clears throat> a mental toughness. Yeah. 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 Which I think I got some of that when I was 10, 11 years old and 12 years old when my sister died and my really uh, two sisters died, kind of. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing <clears throat> most kids don't have to deal with, especially, you know, when you're 11, right. 12 years old. Right. Right. You don't, you don't. And if I feel like by and large, most kids, when they encounter that level of mortality it's like the ones that make sense it's a grandmother and like that's always sad but that's the way that's just life you yeah. know and that's like anytime the first time you're seeing somebody that you know and love cease to exist it's a yeah it's a right. scary and sad thing but like it makes you can wrap your mind around it more when it's somebody who's oh, okay they were 85 yeah they had a life right. and that's just right. the way things work right. but when it's right. like a young girl who's a peer yeah but I learned early, and I, I, I was proud. I was very, I'm, I'm always proud of the things you do. You know that. But when you went to college, when you went to Emerson, you did the, um, you had to write an essay. Mm -hmm. And I had taught you four, remember the four things I taught you? You always think you're going to win. Whenever you walk in the field, you never think about anything but winning. Okay. Second, effort. Always give your best effort, and you never have regrets. And the third thing is responsibility. And I, in my life, had seen people not take it and take it, and I chose to take it. And even in this thing that I went through in the business, I I took responsibility. Mm -hmm. Now, it's sometimes <laughs> not easy to do. And the other thing was pay attention. It saved your life. But um, that's interesting because I, you know, 
I the the always the winning and the effort yeah didn't like make the same indelible mark on me. Like when you just said four things, I was like, yeah. oh, what the fuck are the other two things? But like, res- always take responsibility and pay attention. It'll save your life. Those are the things that like always ring ring in my mind when you're like, what are the things that your dad's taught you? And those are like the two things. Um, I think they're good cornerstones of yeah, right, right. Warp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Win. <laughs> Effort. Responsibility. Pay attention. Warp. Okay. <laughs> There you go. Everything to me is there's, funny. There's your acronym. <laughs> um, and you know what? Lauren said I was in the uh, in her thing. She said I was a cheesy car salesman. Yeah. Uh, uh, what are you talking about? Cheesy? Come on now. Come on. I, I only have. You're making up acronyms, and you have a catchphrase. <laughs> I, have. I believe I believe it was a cheesy car salesman with the heart of gold. Yes, I like the heart of gold yeah. part, but I only have ten ascots uh-huh. <laughs> and and four. Four yellow, red, and uh, orange jackets. Sure, sure. Plaid <laughs> okay. jackets. Yeah, of course, of course. You said something uh, a minute Maybe ago. Maybe it's a car salesman that caught me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I sell at a higher level. You sell at a higher level. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> you said a, a minute ago that uh, that we're all alone. You have people around you, but we're all alone. Is that something that you feel like that has been hammered home for you more in the last decade with with me being sick with all these with uh with all of the tumult in your business yeah well life. you know what there are three guys my brother and bill brundage who's my partner and ron sinchak have stuck with me through all this tries and trials all, and tribulation if they ever listen to this thing i want to thank them mm-hmm. because they are rocks um and i thank them very much um but it, you know it's i don't think about death very much yeah but if I do, it's like mm, you're going. You're going to be if you die. Well, you're going to be by yourself. But I was thinking about this today or yesterday when before we started this, and I thought, okay, I go to St. Peter at the gates, and he says, "Well, what do you have to say for yourself?" And I just say, "Steve Bazalone," and I get in because <laughs> yeah. I think you're the best person I've ever met in my life, and that's very very proud for me to say that. But then. Leslie's at the gate, and she said, I was married to Larry Bazalone, mm-hmm. and she gets a free pass, so mm-hmm. it's a twofer here. <laughs> so she, you get in for having made a, a decent person, and she gets in for having dealt with you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> and Dan Levy, mm-hmm. in his podcast, he said, uh, he said, oh, he, he was so drunk, and he was so loud, I thought he was going to have a heart attack. What? Wait a minute. I'm always loud. <laughs> I'm, I'm. Everybody else was drunk. Oh, you're but, talking about my bachelor party. Yeah. Yes, yes. But at 3.30 in the morning, who was the last one standing making funny, funny pussies for being in bed? That would be you, Me. father. Yeah. And at 10.30, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Dan was in the corner sucking his thumb looking for a nipple. <laughs> Dan, I love you. There's the, there's the big lar we all know. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. This go any way you thought it would. <laughs> I think. I think more or less. Um, all right. Well, it feels like it feels like we're kind of coming to a a, a good uh, summation here. What? Um, and yeah, we're doing this in a man cave here, where I'm looking at Mick Jagger, the Stones, the Beatles. Sure. Zach and Mary make a porno. Is one of the posters, and the other one is 
If you haven't seen What's Up, Doc, please see it. It's funny as hell. It's, there you go. Other, other than the Groucho Marx Brothers, it's about as funny as it gets. <laughs> Just painting the picture of, of where we're sitting, where my, my father's basement is. The Beatles, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You, the Beatles oh, yeah, there yeah. with Cassius Clay. He's got a lot of, a lot of posters in his, in his basement. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what do you think? In an Emerson wall. And an Emerson, Emerson wall. wall with all the kids from and you Emerson kids that haven't sent me something shame on you I put a challenge out there and I have yeah. you Danny Justin these are Eric all, yep all all people who have been Annie, on the podcast yes. Annie yeah so there you go yeah so anyhow there there's um, I threw it down Alex hasn't Alex Burns hasn't sent me anything Jill hasn't sent me anything this is gonna be fascinating yeah. for everybody. <laughs> Well, anybody who has no idea who these people are, Uh, I'm challenging the Emerson kids. There you go. So, let me me ask you what um, what do you think is? You said that you've managed to stay like relatively positive in the face of whatever that you've encountered. How do you do that? And what also, like you know, if you have words of advice in order to get through such things like this. Well, what if you don't? (laughs) You know what? You have two choices. I sit here in a puddle of pee and worry about it. And I do worry about it. I'm up in the middle of the night doing exercises for my vocal cord stuff. Sure, sure. When, you know, I should be sleeping when I'm thinking about business. Um, But, uh, you know, you go through it. You tackle the damn thing, you know. Take responsibility and kick ass. That's all. I mean... And and you know I I am I'm, I'm lose too, but I get back up and win. It's not it's not uh, what's what's the phrase you you have to you know when you lose it's not the fact that you lost and it's the fact that whether you got back up again. Right. And I get back up. And do you, do you see things in in terms of winning and losing, or do you is it is binary is that is there more? No, because I think you gain from everything. Yeah. You know, so I don't think it's all about winning and losing. I, I but I think. You should go out there thinking you're always going to win. And then the nice thing is, is that from losing, you learn something that mm-hmm. helps you to win later or helps you to help somebody else. I, you know, when I pray, sometimes I pray to, I pray, I ask God to help me help other people. Mm-hmm. That's what I ask for. So, you know, in, I'm a self-deprecating man sure. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, but I'm a, but I have a pretty strong driver. I have a pretty strong ego, but I know it can be an ass, <laughs> and I know I can do some stupid shit. And uh, mm-hmm. but I still, am, I'm a positive force in of energy in this life, and you have to do that. I mean, regardless of what happens, you have to push through. You know, as I see, people are a shitload lot less um, worse off than me, and they they still smile every day. Yeah. So, shame on me if I don't. Yeah. And if you have troubles, yeah, it's tough. But make them better. Yeah. Or do something to make them better or make other people's lives better, which is what my goal is. I want to make my life better, but I want to make your life better and Leslie's life better. Gary's life better, you know. People around me, I like to. And I jerk them around. I make fun of people and I make fun of myself. If I couldn't make fun of myself, I don't think it's right to make fun of other people. But right. That's what's fun. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have to laugh all day. That's what I do, even though it's bad at times. Do you um, because this is something I, I I've talked about on 
this podcast before, but um, do you see do you see everything anything as as a failure? Because I I think it was uh, I think it was our 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 friend Eric who uh, Hutchinson who said that like he doesn't really think of things as failure or he doesn't he doesn't really think that a lot of you know uh, hardworking or successful people like look at the things. In I really regard. don't think about failure, no. Yeah. But you know what? If I have a failure, it's I trusted this asshole that screwed me, and, and it's it's affected other people. And if like Leslie, and, you know, are whatever. you less are you less trusting? Do you feel like as you get older, you've got you've got a little bit harder because? Yeah, I think I am a little less, but I'm not. You know, I don't know. Maybe I didn't learn enough from it. Because I still try, I still look at people in a positive light, and I still have fun with them. I still jerk them around. I still have fun on the phone, and that's what I am. Yeah. And uh, I try. I, I'm a little less trusting, but I probably should be more. <laughs> I, sh- I trust too much still, and that's. I don't think you know, that's a bad thing necessarily, though. I mean, yes, you well, want to hurt me you wanna, for you a lot of money, yourself. yeah, and yeah. anguish. But you know, I don't know. I think it's a bad. I think it's a. I mean, me personally, maybe it's perhaps a bit naive, but I think it's a lovely thing too. Yeah to by and large see the try or want to see the best in people yeah you know and one thing i should i never told you okay is that when your mom was went to the hospital and um when was this when she died when she died and she had um so two years ago almost yeah she had uh and i didn't know you know obviously when she went to the hospital she texted me about something and i texted her and i'm not a big texter but um she said she she said sorry Baz I couldn't get back to you I had a huge attending and I was like huge attending <laughs> I said I said what is that a a, a large nurse mm-hmm. a group of doctors an orgasm <laughs> what is the huge attending and she said oh huge attending of doctors and nurses and she said I'm pretty sure that one of these these your, this huge nurse was having an orgasm <laughs> and she thanked me for. For, she said, Baz, you always give me a chuckle and thank, I always thank you for that. And so, well, that seems like a, a good reason to be around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any final closing? Not just good looking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good that you don't have to rely on, on no. only that. <laughs> well, I fooled Leslie. <laughs> hey, man. As long as you, you can always fool one person. That's right. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, don't let anything beat you. Some things will beat you, but don't let, don't think, don't think about the next time you go to bat. You're, you know, don't let, don't let the last at bat hurt this at bat, I guess. Okay. Amen, brother. Sounds good. Love you. I love you too, man. (laughs) (laughs) I see evidence of you and him. So there you go. That's uh, that's my dad. That's my pops. That's Larry Bazalone. He is uh, he's a strong cup of coffee, and I love him for it. Um, thanks so much, uh, Dad, for coming out and chatting with me. It's uh, so rare that we get to talk about anything of substance that's not just you know the weather or or sports or what movie we've seen. So you know, thanks for sitting down with me. You're one of my best friends, and uh, that was fun. Um, if you want to find out more of what's going on with my dad, and really, who doesn't, the man is on Twitter. He doesn't tweet much, but when he does, you get Bon Mots like this, which was tweeted on February 22nd of this year. Dennis Hamlin wins by a dick at Daytona. Yeah, so you have that to look forward to. Uh, his Twitter account is at LBazalone. 
at L-B-A-S-I-L-O-N-E. That's his Twitter, so get on that. Um, we are also on Twitter as a podcast, so follow us. We're at Terribly underscore funny. Um, you can also, we have a Facebook page, which is Terribly Funny Podcast. That's also our Instagram, Terribly Funny Podcast. Uh, also, drop us a line. Tell us what your dad's like. Tell us if you like the show. Tell us if you don't like the show. Uh, if we inspire you to do anything, let us know. Uh, you know, I like I like chatting. So, drop us a line. Our email is terriblyfunnypodcast at gmail. Um, I think that's, that's really it. Outside of saying thank you to Hayden Fongheiser for doing everything behind the scenes that I am incapable of doing. Also to Julia Pott and Kingdom Flying Club for doing the art and the music. And, uh, you know, a big thanks to you guys for, uh, for sitting and listening to my dad and getting to know him. And uh, just coming down this road, this, this kind of weird journey and this experiment of a podcast in general. I really appreciate it, gang. You guys are, uh, you're, as they say, the tits. Have a great week, gang. <laughs>